It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Welcome in ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanisha. Want to just say thank you for rocking with ATL Day Ones as your first listen of the day. And remember, we're free and available wherever you download your podcast and wherever you download your podcast. Make sure, make sure, make sure, make sure, make sure, make sure, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate that in advance because the reason why we ask that is because everybody else can find out how great we are. That's because that's just how we get down on this show because we we talk about a lot of good stuff. And, and today is no different um i think we found the one advantage that the falcons may have over the saints we'll talk about that and coming up in the next segment we will have to speak with tiffany green esbn play-by-play broadcaster color analyst sideline reporter she's just a, a woman of all type of tools she's the five two broadcaster we're gonna have she's gonna join us today and last but not least in the for the culture Serena is just awesome. We'll talk about all that. But first, T, we got to talk about, you know, uh, Marcus Mariota. You know, obviously the Falcons brought him in to be the starting quarterback, QB1, in spite of, you know, drafting the guy in the third round. Um, mm-hmm. Potentially could be the guy, the face of the future. I mean, Desmond Ritter. So, but I think one thing that I, both you and I thought was very interesting was that Arthur mm-hmm. Smith joined the Rich Eisen podcast and he spoke to, how the the offense is going to look a little different this year, you know, um, versus what it was back in 2019 when when he was the offense coordinator for the Titans and Marcus Mariota was the um, starting quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. And I think that it kind of all came to fruition when, um, <clears throat> you know, the Falcons playing the Saints uh, next week, right? And uh, the 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 uh, Falcons' nemesis, Caleb McGarry's nightmare, Cam Jordan, kind of spoke to what Marcus Mariota brings to the table. Pocket passer like you know Matt Lafus, this is going to change up their game a lot. I mean, then we got Cordero Patterson who took off last year, so I'm sure they'll incorporate him. We've got we've got what zero film to work off of to prepare for what could be a lethal offense if you, you throw in Kyle Pitts, who's uh, in my mind uh, one is going to be one of the top talked about wide receivers in the game. TD. Now you know Cam Jordan is about as straight a shooter as we've we've come to see in Falcons opponents and, and within the division. Did he just say lethal offense? Indeed, indeed. <laughs> that was very interesting because yes, he is the guy who will not just read or has not just read the Falcons for filth over the years, but he has always spoken oh, about reading them for filth. Over the years. Yes. Particularly reading that guy, that McGarry guy, for filth. So for him to actually say that there must be something that he can see, and don't get me wrong, I still think there is going to be a challenge in the trenches. I really, really still do believe that. However, I think what Cam is referring to really is the secret weapon of a retooled wide receiver room, a retooled tight end room, and the guy under center that's going to get them the ball. Because again, one of the reasons that Cam was able to have a field day wasn't just because of poor protection from Matt Ryan, but because Matt Ryan couldn't get away from Cam once that protection broke down. Mm-hmm. It's real different now. 
We have seen it throughout the offseason. We saw it throughout the preseason. You're talking about both quarterbacks. So whether that's Marcus Mariota, who we assume will be under center, or that is Desmond Ritter, there will be a quarterback who, if they can see the, they can see Cam coming out of their third eye, they can actually get away and maybe make a play. And then you have a Kyle Pitts, who is arguably, you know, just the big, strong tight end type and a wide receiver type like a Drake London uh, as well, who can actually make some of that secondary miss. Because I don't know if that says secondary. It's vaunted, but I don't know if it's as vaunted as it used to be. So my thought is that those are at least part of the reasons that Cam Jordan is thinking that, coupled to the fact of an earlier point that you've made. Arthur Smith talked about the fact that when he had Mariota in Tennessee, he was the OC, and maybe yeah. that offense wasn't able to open up as much because, A, Marcus Mariota was not the outright QB1, and, B, you're trying to navigate a Ryan Tannehill who is not like one of these things is doing his own thing when he mm -hmm. compares to Ritter and Mariota. Mm -hmm. Mariota, I believe, will give Smith also a different weapon to work with, and that is going to be something that Cam Jordan, Dennis Allen, and company have to figure out before week one. It's definitely it's it's one thing to add a nuance to a certain mm. thing because like you said he's gotten Cam Jordan's gotten used to playing against Matt Ryan who was basically a statue you know in the yeah. pocket like oh, you yeah. know once you get there you're there um <laughs> you don't have to think about anything else so I, I, and I and I think that with you have when you have a guy like a play caller like Arthur Smith you know with that nuance added nuance and I think that it's going to be an advantage Falcons because I think that. You know, Arthur Smith is an excellent play caller. I think he's going to put Marcus Mariota in, in great situations to make, for him to be able to make easy decisions. Mm -hmm. You know who else is going to make um, easy to help you make the easy decisions? The doggone betonline.net. T, tell the folks about what they have going on for all the lucky Locked On Sports Atlanta listeners. Indeed, it is an easy decision. If you are trying to figure something out that we all found out last night that the queen is not done. So at the beginning of the U.S. Open, Serena Williams was a 50 to 1 bet to win it all. Then she moved down to 30 to 1 after round one. And now after winning in three sets in round two, she is a 14 to 1 bet to win the U.S. Open. But if you want to watch that trend of where she is, then Bet Online is the place for you to go because that is where you can keep get all your sports info and all the new developments across any sport. So again, BetOnline.net is where you can go for your major sports like the NFL, NBA, if you will, MLB. Because listen, we got ourselves a 17 win pitcher. And Kyle Wright. So if you want to see how his numbers are trending up for the Cy Young in the National League, that's your spot to go as well. And we talk about it all the time for niche sports like tennis, like golf, like MMA. It is betonline.net indeed. So stop there right after you watch ATL Day 1s. You can check them out on your laptop, on your mobile, or any connected device that you have because that betonline.net is where the game begins. Yes, and the Falcons have continued <clears throat> to make um, a couple of roster moves here and there. They have cut Mike Ford and Dean Marlowe because, you know, hey, they had to make a couple of claims of some guys up front. Um, we, like one, one of them we talked about, Mr. Chume uh, mm -hmm. from the uh, New York Jets, and they also picked up a defensive lineman from the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes. And, you know, it, I think that, you know, what we talked about, our concerns as far as, you know, solidifying it up front, T, I think that's what the Falcons did with when they made these moves. 
Yeah. And this is one of those that harkens back to the draft, right? When everybody thought to themselves, first round, Drake London, it's like, oh, dear God, not again. But then you start seeing them making moves, right? You start right. seeing an Arnold Evacati, and you see a Troy Anderson, and you start getting excited. You see a Tyler Algier, because that then told you, hey, once we got the best guy, if you will, at the, the position we had in the draft, now we're going to go after our needs. Right. This, to me, getting the guy from the Chiefs, getting Dickerson from the Chiefs, getting Adoga from the Jets, that speaks to that. And going back to something you said yesterday as well when you see somebody and have the opportunity of joint practices and even a preseason game and you see something that could work in your system maybe Adoga did not quite work in the Jets system but could very well do some things some good things and always we see and we know whether it is defensive tackle or offensive tackle translation in the trenches it seems like you always need that depth as the season wears on so I do like that they went on the waiver wire and said, hey, those are some guys that we think can pick up and somehow can make contributions. Yes, that's all. At, at this point, that's what that's all you're looking for because, you know, you want to see, make, you can put a claim in, put these guys on your 53 to see if they're going to be at a fit for your squad. And I think that Dickerson is that guy because he's more of a 3-4 type defensive end um, 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 from a body style standpoint. And then, mm -hmm. you know, Adoga is a guy who was a third-round pick um, for – and he's a guy that, you know, who has some talent, some talent there. So they want to see if he can figure out a way to keep him. Because, hey, they did not pick up the fifth option on Caleb McGarry. So he won't be here next year. So, yeah, let that sink in for a second. All right, now, T, the Braves, they get a win last night. Kyle Wright, like you mentioned, 17-game winner. He's leading the entire major leagues uh, um, in wins. And um, I think that he's, he's starting to – climb up the ranks as far as from a Cy Young in the National League. And uh, he's in front of Justin Verlander, who everybody knows exactly yeah. who he is. And I think that Kyle Wright is starting to make a name for himself around uh, around the uh, league water cooler talk as well. They get the mm -hmm. win three to two last night. He goes seven innings. Then you have A.J. Minter come in. And then you have Kenley Jansen come in and do what Kenley Jansen has been doing as of late, T. Like, what is going on here? I get it, but golly, man, do you have to scare us every time? <laughs> you know, usually you and I will go down the road of good, bad, and ugly, right? Right. So today we have a surprise for you guys. We don't even have a bad. We, In my opinion, we have two goods and an ugly. Let's just yes. be real. That's yes. the way I see it. Basically. So the good mm -hmm. good is Kyle Wright and Ronald Acuna Jr. Kyle Wright, two back-to-back, -back, seven scoreless innings. You want to know how serious that is? The Braves have not seen that in 12 years years 12 years well that tells you how powerful it is for him to be able to go that deep in a game which is something that brian sticker always is looking for and then to be able to pull it off scoreless and then you're talking about just a handful of hits within that score those scoreless innings right so yeah just incredible to see what kyle wright has been able to do and like we always talk about all he needed was a little bit of run support Austin Riley gave it to him to start off, and Ronald Acuna Jr. gave him the insurance that ended up essentially being the game winner. So good to see Ronald Acuna Jr. back. I think the strategy is working. We cringed at it for having him out three games, but if this is what it's going to take for us to see him be who he needs to be in the postseason or deep, deep down the stretch for the Braves, then I'm all for it. And yeah, oh, Kelly Dixon, we're just going to put you on the altar of prayer. Yes, yeah, yes. We need better out of you. 
because Lord knows Will Smith was on that same altar last year and uh, ended up working out for us. So, hey, you know, God does answer prayers. I don't care about what nobody said. He don't, talk, he don't pay attention to sports. Yes, he does. He's all-knowing and all-seeing. All so, yeah. Praise country is God's country, right? Mm -hmm. that's, hey, that's, that's what it is. But, but coming up next, though, we're going to have a very special guest, uh, HBCU extraordinaire Tiffany Green, ESPN sideline reporter slash analyst slash play-by-play -play person. She is the 5-2 broadcaster. She will be joining us next right here on ATL Day 1's Don't Go Anywhere. Welcome back to ATL Day 1's. I am Tanitra, and that is Jarvis. And we appreciate you guys for always rocking with us. Why do we know you rock with us? Because you guys give us five-star reviews each and every place that you download your podcast. So we appreciate you for that. But we also thank you for continuing to subscribe to our YouTube channel for Locked On Sports Atlanta. We're almost up to 4,000 subscribers, and we appreciate you doing that. And we know why you do it. You do it because we bring you great content, content but we bring you even greater guests to talk about that content. And today is no different. We have the amazing ESPN play-by-play -play commentator and sideline reporter for all things HBCU sports. Yes, I love it. She does it all. She is amazing. And also for the WNBA, we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But please welcome in Tiffany Green. Tiffany, how are you doing today? What's good? We're trying to bring that big energy to start off season. Let's go, baby. Yes, and oh my goodness, you want to talk big energy, can't be anything bigger than what's happening this weekend with the Orange Blossom Classic. It is so amazing, and, and we know that, you know, technically, week zero, Miak Swag Challenge, last weekend, football has already kicked off, but you know everybody had this date circled on their calendar because it is Jackson State, it is FAMU. We want to take a step back and ask you, Tiffany, especially being up in that booth, what do you expect to see from both of these teams when you call this game this weekend? Well, my partner Jay Walker and I have dubbed this year because we saw how important it was a season ago, one point separating the uh, obviously Jackson State going on to win the SWAC East and the SWAC Championship and representing conference in the Celebration Bowl. But this is a team that, that comes back and with more depth. How about the number one recruit in the nation tracking to make his, his debut with the Tigers? They also had a terrific defense, so he beefed, which was already strong. And then you look at a FAMU team that made it all the way to the FCS playoffs. Their offense, they have some big backs in the backfield. The transfer quarterback from Vanderbilt had a very strong showing in uh, – uh, week zero against UNC gets to do it lights and in a different type of atmosphere. It's got a post season feeling folks. You can't get any better than that. Oh yeah. Wait, wait a minute. I said all of that. And Shiloh Sanders and Isaiah land, they were both FCS national players of the year and for freshmen of the year. So you've got plenty of star power. Yeah, when you think about the star power, right? Let's talk about Deion Sanders. And you know, he's being the head coach, and he's going to get a lot of the attention coming into this game in the Orange Blossom Castle down in Miami. But Tiffany, I have to get you to talk about Willie Simmons. I think they, this guy is a gem of a head coach, and I think he's making some moves down in Fam to bring them back to some some respectability. I mean, 
the Willie Simmons area era or millennium uh, as my partner has difference in having this resurgence you've seen in Tallahassee for the last few years of trying to get to that, that celebration bowl they're looking to finish Simmons isn't just a great coach within the HBCU ranks he's one of the best in all, all down some assistant jobs at the FBS level to actually stay at FAMU to again revitalize that program and we cannot overlook the fact right Deion Sanders was prime time on the field and now he's brought that energy that flashiness that flair to HBCUs and making sure that so much attention to the great product that that we see on the field week in and week out and that we've known about he's been able to put a megaphone to some of our concerns and some of the grist and a, an extra lens if you mm-hmm. will into the HBCU culture and so on both sides they have a mutual respect for one another and they, they are a part of that blue state and FAMU that's going to help propel uh, HBCU football forward. Indeed, indeed. And I'm so excited to talk about as well, because I feel like the SWAC is so rich in talent just across the space. So I want to talk to you about that and kind of any sleepers that you see. But before we talk about that, we talk about the fact that you you said earlier, big energy. Let me tell you something. When it comes to talking about Coffee AM, Jarvis Davis has all the energy. So he's going to keep that same energy and tell you guys about it right now. Mr. Coffee AM is what they call me. I haven't Ooh. told Coffee AM that yet, but hey, that's my that's my name because I've been rocking with coffeeam.com backslash locked on. That's the website you need to go to. Now I'm about to tell you why you need to go to that website because they have this is the best small batch coffee roaster in the entire country. And it's right here in your backyard, right here in Atlanta. So yeah, let's go. Atlanta area that is. But yeah, we you definitely need to check them out because I wake up, I start my mornings off with the those Kenya K cups. And I've run out of them. Like, Coffee M, I need y'all to send me some more because them things be on point. So I absolutely love coffeem.com um, backslash locked on. It is the place to go. And once you go there and check them out, here's what you do. Go to the coffeeam.com backslash locked on. Drop in the coupon code box. Locked on. And you're going to get 15% off of all coffees, teas, and gift sets. And you haven't heard me talk about the tea because, you know, tea. She loves the tea, and, you know, it has so many benefits to her. She's told me about them. She's used them, and it has helped her in her life, and it's helped her soul as well. And, you know, I ain't going to get into how it helped her soul, but, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But, yes, go to coffeeam.com backslash locked on. Drop in the coupon code box locked on, you're going to get 15% off. Go ahead and pull up on the best small batch coffee roaster in the entire country. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Yeah, you know it, because I love the tea. That's what helps my voice to just stick around for now. What are we talking about? I'm on hour number 12 of talking. So, yeah, it, it definitely <laughs> helps me out. Tanitra and, and Jarvis, y'all need to get a little, 
little gift bag. Yeah, morning. Yeah, got you. Got some coffee for you. That needs to be the bad music when you when you read that. You know what I'm saying? Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. It will not disappoint. It will not disappoint. And listen, you know, we were talking about this earlier, right? And sometimes you have situations where, and whether it's professional or college sports, where one side of the division will be heavy. We talk about it with the SEC, right? You pretty much, it's the West being deep, deep, and then the East and not so much. Might be the same here in the SWAC as well. So I wanted to ask two questions from you. Number one, do you feel like there's one division in the SWAC, be it East or West, that is a little bit stronger and may be the ones that have the, the strongest path, if you will, to the Celebration Bowl? And number two, I want to ask you, Who's your sleeper that might sneak up and shock us and be the representative for the SWAC in the bowl? Well, I'll say this. I think the East is pretty deep this year. That's Jackson State. That's um, Alabama State. We saw them uh, in week one and come out with a week zero. You know, the MEAC SWAC challenge has not been in favor of the SWAC. Alabama State Jr. got his coaching debut. So I think um, it's going to be very com- to realignment, you know, a season ago when FAMU and Bethune Cookman joined the conference. That sent the Kings of the East at the time, all Corn State. Now mm-hmm. over to have to contend with Southern and the Gramblings and the Prairie View A&Ms. So Alabama A&M over in the East as well. So there are a n- number of, of, of teams, but I slant the advantage slightly to the east however Hugh Jackson mm-hmm. at Grambling that Eric Dooley over at Southern he might have something to say about that newcomer Bubba McDowell in on that but in terms of a team that I feel like are a sleeper you know consistently I've been there they were the spring champions when we had that COVID year um you know mm-hmm. Jackson State but I like a team like Mississippi Mississippi Valley State. And I know oh. people are going to say dark horse, but if you look at the way they played towards the end of the season, they had some some, some really Vincent Dancy is doing a terrific job down in Itabina, um, especially given what he has. He has been able to, to um, really get that team to fight about the Delta Devils. Is their mm-hmm. fight. They do not give up. That is probably the hardest road trip in all of HBCU football. Mm. Many could argue. They, I think, really bring it. So they return uh, the leading rusher from a season ago and making, so just upset some folks. Uh, I don't know that they'll make it all all the way to Atlanta. I I think think that they will make it the path very difficult for whoever ends up in well, you know, Tiffany, unfortunately, um, I've got to get on the WNBA before we get out of here. Now, unfortunately, the Dream did not make the playoffs. And, you know, my, you know, because we've been rocking with rocking with our, with our Dream this year. And Ryan Howard, obviously WNBA Rookie of the Year. But now that the playoffs are going on, who do you like to be able to raise the trophy at the end of the season? Beginning that I thought the Las Vegas Aces found themselves in the ripest position position to take Wilson, who was defensive player of the year and my vote for MVP this year, uh, kept a focus. And oh yeah, there are more than a million 
reasons to love Becky Hammond. You know, first female, now she goes back to the franchise, which she played for back in San Antonio. And she last paid this high flying, you know, uh, offense, high octane, just fun. I feel like the Las Vegas Aces find themselves in a position to take it all. The entire series, which we saw the storm take game one uh incredibly competitive uh, candace parker and the legacy that she's left in the wnba she's trying to win back-to-back chips chicago sky the connecticut sun can't count them out i think we'll see aces and sun in the championship mm-hmm. no actually i'm sorry correction we're going to see the sky aces in the championship and i think las vegas walks away with Tanisha Wright. She was my vote for coach of the year uh, because I thought she did a terrific the Atlanta dream this season. Indeed. And yeah, we, the one thing I will say and co-sign on that for you as well, not just our coach, but also our GM for the dream have aces tie. So maybe just, maybe that'll give us a little connectivity in rooting for Las Vegas for that WNBA chip. Tiffany, we cannot thank you enough. We so hope that you're able to come back during the season and talk a little bit more football with us or really anything that you want to talk about, because just like with this segment, we got for the culture. And a lot of times we talk about anything we want to in that segment. So we're going from one queen in our deep dive here today to another queen. And if you want to hear about that queen, come back on the other side before the culture. But in the meantime, check out Tiffany at Tiffany A. Green on Twitter at T Green 34 on IG. She is an amazing follow. We appreciate her time today. And you all better check her out this weekend because man, oh man, as my uncle would tell you, she's his favorite and she's ours too. All right, Rattler, Sam, you <laughs> Take care. We'll see you soon. Final segment of ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. want to say thank you for rocking with us throughout the entire show. We hope you enjoyed that Tiffany Green interview. Man, she brought the energy today. And uh, we're definitely going to continue with that because, T, guess what? This is for the culture. And, you know, it is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture. Um, and today is no different because we have to talk about Serena Williams, the queen, she blessed us last night with another win in the second round against the number two player in the in the world. Actually, um, she beats her in three sets, you know, seven six, uh, six two, and six two in the final set. There, uh, T. One of the things that I just really just enjoyed about last night was just watching her be her. And, you know, it, it's been it's been quite, you know, Serena has dealt with that, you know, those issues of being who she is, you know, in front of the media because they're not used to dealing with somebody that looks and plays like her. And, and I think that she is the one that has paved the way for those people to feel comfortable in those particular situations. And I think that it was just a beautiful thing to see, to be able to her, for her to be herself and also just have a little flashback of who she used to be as a player um in, in 2022 and i think it was just it was just absolutely amazing to watch last night it certainly was and a tip of the cap to the other queen venus williams as well because so many things that venus did behind the scenes 
for, in terms of equitable pay and bringing out those issues of racism and to some degree sexism because of the way they were compared to, to even male players back in the day. So yeah, just a beautiful thing for those queens to stand up, but particularly for Serena to stand up and just show out one more time. It was like, they say playing with house money, but I felt like hey, we got a bonus. Like, first of all, when she announced that she was going to play the U.S. Open, of course we knew she would because that's kind of her turf, if you will. But the opening round and then to know that we got her again and, oh, my God, we get another round? Like, what is right. this? We get to see this queen over and over and over again. But I love how you, you said it perfectly. She is so comfortable in her own skin and she has paved the way for others to be comfortable in their skin. The likes of a Coco Golf or Naomi Osaka to be comfortable in their skin as well. And for her, it was so funny because one of the questions that was asked was, Serena, did you surprise yourself? And in true black girl oh magic, she's like, oh what? My God. <laughs> what did you say? Excuse me. I said, yes, Queen, because that is so the real answer that all of us have in us. <laughs> like, I got I got, I got to add, add to that, right? So, you know, right after that, like right before she said, I'm, I'm just Serena, like she did the, the eye roll, like the eye roll that kind of went into the just Serena. She was just like, I'm just Serena. Like, you know what I'm right. saying? Like, of course I can't do it the exact way right. how it's supposed to be done. I'm supposed to be able to do oh, it exactly I can. how it was done. <laughs> but I, I won't. I won't right. Yeah. At some point during the segment, you got to do it. Tita got right. time to let the folks see what, what I'm actually talking about. But yeah, it, it was just quintessential Serena. Like, and it was just, and then like in that third match though, like the one thing that just really stood out to me, it was just one point in that match where you just saw the look on that young lady's face. And you just knew like, yeah, more than likely I'm about to lose this match because Serena was absolutely just dominating from, the, from you know, the aces, you know, on a serve. And when she got the serve, it was just like, oh yeah, she's actually going to definitely point for sure on this um, particular, you know, time of, of, of the game, the entire match that is. But it was just it was it was just really so it was so masterful, like because you know, we're not used to seeing Serena play like this. Like she's only played in six matches the entire year. Mm -hmm. And you know, like she's what used to frequent pretty much every 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 tournament, you know, but because but you know, with her being a mother and all, you know, and, and getting older and not being the player she once was it's like to see her go back to that it just kind of speaks to like her greatness overall like yeah like she's like in the all-time great like she's already there but like she's really i think she elevated her goatness last night agree and this is one of those situations where and hear me when i say it yes i absolutely want to see her when we talked about the fact that her odds have gone from 51 to 14 to 1 but in case she doesn't and in case Friday is the last that we see of her, please don't forget the magic that you saw in the first and second round that harkened back to 22 of the 25 years that we have had her grace the courts all across this world and be the greatness that she is. And that is why when she was asked that question about if she was surprised about what she did, she was like, yes, that's it. Yes. That's absolutely it. That's what I'm talking about right there. Oh my God. Nobody yeah. knew what to do either. I knew exactly what to do. I was just like, hey, man, yeah. look, talk your talk. You know what I'm saying, young exactly. lady? <laughs> I'm like, you know what? She said what she said because she did what she did. 
Period. Uh, Speaking of uh, of, uh, HBCUs, like we talked about earlier with Tiffany Green and greatness, um, I think uh, you can be able to go to your local Target store at some point in the near future. Um, uh, Miss Brooke Hart Jones has come out with some HBCU dolls. And uh, looking up and down, this, looking at the pictures of these uh, these dolls, T, I might have to go ahead and uh, <clears throat> go ahead and make a little purchase for for the, for my babies because yeah. uh, you know, as we know, we gotta support gotta support the people. Right, I gotta put my glasses back on to see the beautiful dolls that she created. Man, oh man! And I, I think I'm gonna grab one for my goddaughter as well. But yeah, it's absolutely amazing what she's been able to do just in terms of, and we like it HBCU as in Y-O-U. So that really, really engenders a support there that says, why not you? A support there that says, hey, whatever hue you are, because the dolls have different hues, different shades of brown, if you will. It just really is so inclusive. And this is really on brand for Target. This is who they've been long before it was a trendy thing, by the way. They've been supporting black businesses for decades now and I can appreciate this and I can't wait to see this but also I'm excited because like I always say sometimes there's cultural appropriation and not to say that someone who went to a PWI or who is non-black cannot make something that honors our culture but for it to be by an African-American female who is also an African-American female who attended in HBCU and one of our oldest HBCUs in the country, to me, that's what also makes it so magical. And it's just this perfect time for that to come out as we're going into the fall season. We know how big homecoming is for HBCU. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. it's like one of those things where you couldn't have asked for a better time for her to debut this. Thanks again to Target for lifting her up and supporting her, but also thanks to Brooke for just imagining this. I mean, it's absolutely yeah. beautiful, and we'll definitely send you guys a link. And hey, we want to hear your thoughts about it as well. Want to hear your thoughts on our amazing guest, the ESPN play-by-play color commentator from time to time, but she's really that play-by-play genius. And of course, sideline reporter Tiffany Green, we appreciate her stopping by to talk all things HBCU football, as there is a big Orange Blossom Classic happening in Florida this weekend to truly kick off the football season. And of course, we'll talk a little bit more about all things football tomorrow on the show, as well as hopefully talking about a Braves series win against the Rockies. So we appreciate you guys as always. Georgia, Oregon tomorrow too. Yeah, we got 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 to preview that. On the horizon. So we got big things popping and we are going to talk about that as well on the show tomorrow. But listen, after you watch us today, always remember to stop by A to Z with Mark Zeno. Thanks again for watching. We will see you tomorrow. Y'all come back now, you hear? Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.